Hi, Lucy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Everything's really normal. I'm doing... You know what I love is when everything is incredibly normal. (laughs) I know we started like the last two episodes in this identical way. This is really showing our comedic chops that we can come up with sort of new things to say each episode. Well, there's just so much going on at the moment that, you know... My li- my life is very full. I will say that. Uh, been learning to juggle. You know, <laughs> I'm someone three who- balls, three balls in the air. <laughs> um, next time I see you, I'll start throwing things at you as you juggle, not so that you can start incorporating them into your juggling, just to throw things at you. Just so I know how much you hate me and also juggling. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, 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 Fred. Fred. Says fuck. Scooby, Scooby, do look in for you. Scooby, Scooby, do where are you? Over there. The aliens. Wait. In my brain. Couldn't have a show without you. Welcome back to your favoritest, most important Scooby-Doo rewatch podcast, Fred Says Fuck. I'm your host, Charlotte. And I'm Lucy. And today we are also joined by a boyfriend of the show. He's here. It's Tomas. Hello. Hello. How's everyone Hello, doing? Hello, Tomas. Uh, everyone's doing great. It's wonderful to see you and to hear your dulcet tones in my ears. Thank you. <laughs> That's not actually how I speak, but we'll go. we'll go with it. It's your audio voice. It's a bit sultry. It's a bit sultry, you know, mm-hmm. in the ear. Ooh, Get it shivers, shivers down my spine. Okay. okay, well, today on this episode, we watched the first episode of... Is it an episode or is it a movie? It's the new Scooby-Doo movies, season one, episode one. It's a movie. Uh, I don't know. Ghostly, or- Ghostly Town. Ghostly Town, starring the three stooges who i only realized in the five minutes before we were recording this are real people i thought that (laughs) (laughs) obviously they're animated in this particular episode because it's scooby-doo but i thought it was like a kid's show and that they were already animated characters so no no they were people yeah i didn't like seeing that uh yeah so basically they were like a comedy triple act in i think like the 50s they were sort of very early tv um they apparently according to this they were in comics they were very they were very short in this episode they were very small i don't think they were that small in real life no i think they were normal sized in this episode and the gang they, are they were just really men. large velma's six foot seven <laughs> <laughs> She looked six foot seven. <laughs> I have I have some questions about this episode um, before we get into it that I want you to maybe think about. You don't necessarily have to answer them now. 
Is this but me they just or like, the listener? You know, book, book club questions. You and the listeners, okay. I guess. Right. Not me, though. First of all, was the animation worse or better in this episode? Because I couldn't tell. It was like both. There, there were parts where it was dramatically improved and there were parts where it looked like they entirely changed who the artists were. There there were some definitely bad parts. Yeah. There, there was a Scooby-Doo tail clipping through um, and uh, there was a whole Shaggy just having no definition for a whole chase scene. Shaggy just like lost all of the features of his face for like a quite a long time. Yeah, there was there was some stuff with the faces that was a bit like not the same and not good. I don't to me. I think not good to look at. I think they tried to make it better but in making it better they thought well what we'll do is we'll add more detail when that wasn't going to work because they still weren't working with like the right budget for the details so actually the detail has just made things like worse I think. It's just like upsetting detail. Yeah I think it was worse Yes okay and the second question is Definitely worse than I remember (laughs) It, it, everything about Scooby-Doo is always worse than you remember. Um, second thing is, and this is to both of you, um, can the Scooby-Doo mystery format sustain a 40-minute episode of television? Well, it certainly doesn't here. <laughs> I think... I think... It, I, I genuinely think it could because... I want it to like (laughs) I think I don't know I think it has to have more characters which in a way this one does you know what no as in its current state in like what 1970 I think it's 1974 at this point so as it was in 1974 absolutely no it cannot sustain 45 minutes of run it could barely (laughs) sustain what it had previously <laughs> Tom that's a hard agree from me but there there was a lot of I wouldn't I would hesitate to call it filler because filler actually makes sense um, I my impression was I didn't know what was happening most of the time and when I did it made no sense um, it was like Less of a mystery, more just like a lot of hijinks. Yeah, there there was a lot of um, weird, either unnecessary or like not, but like weird chase scenes or doing weird things and forgetting about Velma being gone. And yeah, a a lot of... There was some weird dialogue stuff going on about Velma's disappearance. Yeah, just in general. There's parts of it where I, I, it makes me think. It 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 comes across as like a film where they've had to go back and do reshoots. That's how it. Yes, felt that's what I thought. Because it's there's so many scenes with, that appear in it that don't seem to fit into the like chronological order of the show because it's like they say things that they haven't discovered yet sometimes I think or they'll just forget whole plot lines I don't, <laughs> I don't know 
I will say it is like they filmed a 20 minute episode and then went back and had to like fit 20 more minutes of just random hijinks into that episode I think that's true I, 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 I would maybe think that actually might be what happened should we get into it? We should, I think. Let's start. Um, so, it turns out that this series of Scooby-Doo starts pretty similarly to how the entire last two seasons started, uh, which is where the gap... Ooh, new opening, though. Oh, so yeah, it's a new opening song, which you'll hear reflected in our new opening song. Um, Can I say the, the, Scooby, the new Scooby-Doo opening song is worse, but yours is better? I think. I like the new, I like the new song. I think it's pretty cool. I it's like I mean, it's pretty from groovy. the same problem that all of the show has, where I feel <laughs> deafened by the background effects, um, especially when I was yes. making our new theme song on like Audacity, and my headphones kept disconnecting, and I kept having to replay the start, and they've got those like like cowbells or clatter whatevers and it's just in my ears <laughs> for like hours <laughs> I I will say it is like as we discussed before the Foley artist is like on LSD yeah. <laughs> the Foley artist is trying to fight someone off <laughs> <laughs> all they've got is like a pair of clangers and they're just like hitting them over the head with it they've got like a rain stick I believe that 100% <laughs> strange okay so yeah no it's it starts like ghost town uh it's yeah the gang are driving they see a sign on the road that says ghost town up ahead which i liked uh it's permadusk mm. again it is permadusk i noted that i was like even in the desert it's permadusk um, e even when they're hiding in the shade of a cactus it's still permadusk <laughs> yeah see later <laughs> there's no shade okay we'll get there but yeah <laughs> um yeah it's kind of like bisexual lighting this whole scene which is fun <laughs> the gang are as usual lost on their way to question mark they said they took a wrong turning 10 miles down the track and they ended up um, in texas well, I think they were in Texas, but I don't know where they're going. No clue. Hmm. I was <laughs> either not paying attention or it was not said. But it's so easy to like tune out on these episodes as I think you realized. <laughs> I mean, you're telling me I fell asleep. There was a bit about like 25 minutes in where I was like, how, how has this got so much longer to go? I can't, I can't cope. Um, but yeah, okay, so they're they're in the mystery machine, there's thunder and lightning, everything is very spooky. They're like, ah, oh, what's going on? And Shaggy's like, oh, I can see a mirage, it looks like an alligator. Um, also a camel, also a something orangutan, and I listened to this like three times and I couldn't figure out what he was saying. Sexy. No, you thought he said like erotic. Oh, erotic. It, it was erotic, yes. Well, I, I was like... I don't think it was erotic. It could have been neurotic, but the monkey wasn't neurotic being neurotic so i don't i i couldn't understand what he said either like yeah there was there was some some names in this where i was like what is right no what is that i'm i had the we had the same <laughs> exact thing and i don't know if it's just the like the video that we watched because it was on like was it daily, daily motion, motion one, one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we watched it legally and 
understand correctly. Yeah, I bought it. Um, um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my box set of the new Scooby Doo movies. <laughs> yeah, they see a sign that says Monster Ahead, a thousand yards, mm. um, which made me laugh because of imperial measurements. But <laughs> that's <laughs> beside the point. There's a giant bat that's like robotic and it flies overhead. And Fred and Daphne are like in the mystery machine and they're like going backwards and forwards and their facial expression is just extremely funny to me because I don't know it's just so weirdly animated there were a couple points in this entire thing where I was like this would be a great episode card and that was one of them me too me too I think that it's just I had the same exact thought <laughs> yeah Velma knows her roadside attractions because like they're approaching oh that's after the Ugh. that's before the bat isn't it I can't remember um well, they, they hit a sand dune, um, and Fred tries to get out of it by just doing the same thing that put him in the sand dune, and just digging himself deeper in the mystery machine. And then he's like, I can't get any grip! And then he just digs himself deeper again, <laughs> until the mystery machine's like, halfway into the sand dune. He's dumb. Yeah. He's really dumb, especially in this episode. Like Fred gets like a brain disease <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> He catches some sort of like madness from the Three Stooges and just becomes like a worse version of himself. <laughs> um, Fred contracts misogyny. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they get buried, and then a T Rex shows up on the cliff. Yeah, they see a scary T Rex, and it's like making noises, and it's like spooky. Um, Scooby tries to run away but ends up like in the mouth of the alligator basically and Shaggy's like it's a mirage and it's like Shaggy that's not what a mirage is stop saying everything's a mirage <laughs> I mean I do remember that as like a big cartoon thing when I was young where like any kind of desert image was a mirage even if it wasn't just like vague ripples on the horizon everything's mirage. it's one of those things like um, quicksand where it's like <laughs> this is is it really <laughs> Yeah, it was romanticized. Now, I, now I when I expect quicksand or when I think of quicksand or mirages, I expect something that I was promised and I'm never and it I'm it's never delivered in the real world, sadly. <laughs> yeah, so the gator nearly eats Scooby. I've written in my notes. I wish that gator had eaten Scooby. Um, and then Fred's drawn really weird for a second, and then the Three Stooges turn up. But the thing is, I don't know anything about the Three Stooges, so I'm like, oh, good character. It's like, oh boy, it's the Three Stooges, and they're like, wow, boy, are they clumsy. Oh, it's the Three Stooges, stars of the stage, screen, and also assorted comics. And I don't know which one is which, so I had to look it up to remember which one's like Mo, which one's Larry, and which one's Curly. But it doesn't matter because they all say exactly the same things, except that Moe's like the straight man. He seems to be the one who can have thoughts. Yeah, he his brain does things sometimes. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm I'm still very much like these these don't mean anything to me. Which I you know this this show did come out like a long time ago, but yeah, I thought Curly was the one with curly hair, but he's not. He's the bald one, so I was confused. Tom, do you know the Three Stooges? No clue. I've never seen anything by them before. Never probably will see anything by them again. Um, it was strange to me. When when Lucy first said uh, the Three Stooges, I was thinking of the three prisoners from Lukey Luke. But clearly that's not nearly what, where this was going. So yeah. 
Lukey Luke, the cartoon, the cowboy cartoon. I have no idea. It was like, like, yeah, and I think he's like a sheriff or something. Anyways, different cartoon, a lot better. Anyways, <laughs> Le- less, less. Uh, I think funny. that sacrilege. You're not allowed on our podcast <laughs> if you're gonna insult the good name of Scoobert Dubert. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Scoobert Duper is fantastic and i i give him all my all my blood sacrifices are to scooper duper every time i would expect nothing nothing less <laughs> yeah so fun fact about the three stooges uh the filming of this episode um occurred after they were all dead um, what so these aren't the actual three stooges these are just like people pretending to be the three stooges <laughs> oh oh that's that's dark then what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck why? <laughs> I don't think I'd want someone to do that. If, if you see, to me, do, do you I'm know what really I mean? Interested in how they got permission. Next, next thing like, on the new Scooby Doo is gonna be like Carrie Fisher starring and oh stuff. Is, they, they, they're not even gonna ask for permission. They're just gonna do it and see what happens. <laughs> She's not going to be a cartoon. She's going to be CGI. <laughs> yeah, just like in all the new films where they have to bring back dead. Or it was like that casting director who was like, oh my God, the only person who would fill this role is um, James Dean. So we're going to CGI oh, fuck, him yeah. back to life. And it's like, oh, you could just do your job as a casting director. But yeah, I guess. You can just like cast a new actor. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's different for like. I don't know. Just like, don't put them in it if they're dead. Like, it, they're also. I mean, I know they're out of the cultural consciousness now because I had, didn't know who they were, or like I'd heard of them but I didn't know who they were. But were they out of the cultural consciousness in the seventies if they were dead? Like, I have to assume that the kids watching the show would be like, "Hey, a quick question, who's this?" But like, they were very, very famous. Yeah. Um, I just think for us it's not the same as it was then. I mean, maybe because I don't know why they put them in. The Three Stooges. So also Laurel and Hardy, who are in a later episode, are similar in that they're dead. It's just it's okay. just weird because it's like, it's not their original comedy. You know, it's like, oh, we'll have this great comedy act on, even though they're dead and we're writing it. So it's not the original comedy that made these guys good or recognize. It's just like, no, but we're going to pretend to be them and they're going to have funny jokes and they're going to improve the episode for everyone. More, I, I mean, mm. mostly it seemed like they were there to make sure that the episode ran for 45 minutes, but that's perhaps just my observation. I mean, you might be right. I am interested. I haven't looked it up. I might for the next episode and what like the response was from audiences about the new Scooby-Doo movies. Because we know everyone hated Scooby-Doo around this point, so I am interested as to what people thought. I think when we looked it up, they had like a relatively high rating on IMDb, but that obviously com- is that's all from now. Time. Yeah, so that's just people looking back on it fondly, rather than... Uh, for some reason. Yeah, I know. It's like watching the three students just have all these jokes and japes, and I'm like, I don't... I don't know what's going on which is partly due to just the writing of the show really because sometimes that happens even when the three stooges aren't there what it's perfect it's always good (laughs) 
There is nothing wrong with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo is a perfect show. Yeah, so back to the episode. Uh, they get to this ghost town. They meet the Three Stooges. They're like, wow, what funny men. And they're like, yeah, this is our ghost town that we bought because this is our new thing that we're going to do. This is an orangutan we got from London Zoo or something. And it has a name, but I can't remember what the name was. Uh, Fred's like, oh, we need help. And then Moe's like, need help? Why don't you see a psychiatrist? And it's some of that fun Three Stooges humor. (laughs) (laughs) The laugh track is very present in this episode, which I suppose it has to be because... I'm not laughing. (laughs) (laughs) There were some funny moments. Yeah. There were some top 10 funny moments. They take them to their park to be like, oh, we'll help you, I guess, get out of the sand dune. It very quickly disappears, like the reason that they're there. Yeah, I can't remember. It's (laughs) Fred's like, yeah, so Fred basically says, okay, it's time to go on a bat hunt and hunt down this giant bat car yeah 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 so what happens is they get to they get to the park and the three stooges are like we bought this park because we thought it'd be fun uh but we have all these animals and every night this bat flies over and unlocks all the cages to all the animals so they keep getting out and there's all these like spooky earthquakes and they're like well time to go on a bat hunt and then there's a big t-rex that's also there and it goes raw, but they say it's called Tyrone. It's Tyrone the Tyrannosaurus, which is a good joke. Yes. Um, it's like fake. It's like a fake it's... dinosaur, even though it's scared. Them. Yeah, like a, it's made of plaster, apparently. Um, yeah, and then uh, there's a scary earthquake, and a man walks in, and his name is Rhino, and he... <laughs> and he's the um, super... he's like the superintendent but um, he's been acting suspicious lately and Fred's it, like why don't you fire him and it's like that's not a fireable offence and, 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 and he has beautiful eyelashes he has beautiful beautiful eyelashes yeah the close up I did not notice the that. close up of him in this scene is like quite detailed in the drawing and you'll never see that <laughs> level of detail in this character for the entire rest of the episode does that character show up again yeah like yes. twice three times well he's in disguise for a lot of it that's that's very true but like at the end when they unmask I mean spoilers but <laughs> <laughs> spoilers this suspicious man is one of the villains um, like when they unmask them his gorgeous eyelashes are nowhere to be seen I think yeah. I missed that <laughs> anyways it's because they were they were falsies and he'd taken them off <laughs> yeah, they as they unmasked him they were like they were like, let's see who has, who's under this costume. And they just take off his eyelashes and they're like, ah, oh, it's Rhino. <laughs> he, he, w- he was going out that evening, actually. And so that that's that's why he, ha- he, he was all prepared and spruced up for the evening. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Fred's like, why don't you fire him? And it's because he's scary and he just makes like a bunch of noises with his mouth. <laughs> he just like, grunts at wild them. cat noises. Mm. No, he's like rawr, rawr, yeah. rawr, and, and I'm like, what is this? He sounds like a jaguar. Um, so they're afraid to fire him. The three stooges try and fire him because he's like but they can't because he's just growling at them, which I mean if he's doing his job, like he's he's what, he's the zookeeper for the animals, they I mean, I guess they're getting out, yeah. which is... He's not keeping them in the zoo, but... 
They're not. They're very small cages. Yeah. Maybe he is bad at his job. I mean, I don't think the zoo is humane to start with. I think that most of the cages look horrible. But that's. It's. Yeah. It's the time. It's how it was back then. It's the time. You put you put a single alligator in a round cage, like a bird cage, and you're like, ah, this is my alligator cage. It needs no water. Where I keep the alligator. <laughs> no. It's not even got grass, it's just like concrete. It's just in a concrete cage. It's yeah. I feel very bad for it. So <laughs> Yes. They go to investigate the T Rex. Yes, yeah, so they go and, and walk over there, so it's the gang. Um Scooby like the three stooges keep saying oh yeah we've been trying to find a way into the t-rex for a week and we haven't been able to do it and then scooby gives it a crack and immediately finds a way in so he's got those instincts though you yeah. know he's got that mystery got instinct. animal instincts um and then this guy comes mm-hmm. over to them where he's like wearing a green jacket he's all spooky and he starts yelling about them about like trespassing <laughs> But like we don't un- we don't get an explanation for who he is for like a really really long time. Yeah, because they go in and there's all these like equipment and like a machine that's playing T Rex noises. So it's obviously part of the the spook, I guess. It's not. There's never any like long explanations in this really. Um, and I wrote, "Who is this man?" And then I think. I'm not sure who it is. One of them goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> it's so he's the other other character in this because there's Rhino, the zookeeper, yes. and he's called Crunch, I think. He's called Crunch. He's called like Agnes Crunch. <laughs> he's called in unintelligible Crunch. <laughs> That's <Yes>. his name. <laughs> he's the he, he's the manager of the park. Um, he's the manager of the Three Stooges. I thought That's the way he said it. I thought he said he he said he used to run the park until they bought it and now he's the manager oh because I feel like this I just I have it in my head that the three stooges were like yeah he's our manager and I was like that's weird <laughs> that's weird he's you guys manager. need to open a spooky park that's the direction your comedy career needs to go in next as your manager I'm making this decision well they were like <laughs> this could cause hijinks why don't we just open a spooky park yeah, exactly. Hey Lucy. Yeah. Why don't we why don't we open a spooky park? <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we get a small loan from the bank which we then use to open a spooky park? Yeah, no, I can see that happening. That's pretty that sounds pretty doable actually. The the economy is in a strong position right now. <laughs> they will give us the money if we ask for it. Yeah, definitely. The government's got loads of money at the moment. It's really good because of all the normality that's going on. <laughs> the concept for your park is it's just another normal space of like the city where you go out and walk around next to people. And it's just life. And you just call it Spooky Park. What if it's got like a bunch of fake people who you can walk by and pretend you're walking by like real people, but like without risk? It's good up until people touch them. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you could have a pub, but it's like a one-person pub, and you go in it, and it's like got loads of fake people, and you can have like a pint surrounded by fake people and like fake pub noises, and then you leave, and then the next person can come in. Honestly, I've I've been in, I've had days where that was exactly what I would have wanted. So, there you go. <laughs> 
just be be in a pub have my pint but feel by myself but feel like i'm not by myself and leave i feel like you can get the same effect from like going under your stairs with like six cans of beer (laughs) putting a podcast on and then like looking through facebook pictures of your friends and crying i think that's like the same (laughs) but in this case you get to go outside that's true true. (laughs) i didn't think of that doing the same thing but like outside under a tree yeah so it's I spend I spend a lot of time lying in a hammock listening to podcast. And then all you need to do is add a little Scooby Doo, and it's perfect. Yeah. Listen to a Scooby Doo podcast. You might you might mm-hmm. suggest. Where Where can I find the Scooby Doo podcast, Charlotte? I mean, if they're listening to this, then they've obviously found one. <laughs> and they don't need any other ones. It's It's the uh, Scooby Doo's and Don'ts podcast. Um. Okay. <laughs> so they. <laughs> They're leaving this giant T-Rex and they've taken out the recording. So now they say it will stop being spooky. Curly just has a bat. I don't know. It's called Dingbat. Dingbat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't really understand what the bit is with the bat. It's just he has a bat, um, but it flies away. It starts freaking out and it flies away. Um, And then there's some funny moments where they're like chasing chasing the bat um trying to find it they all start meowing for a minute um, yeah i didn't understand reason. that either <laughs> it's because they're was, called scaredy cats and then they all start meowing because they're cats oh. see that's comedy <laughs> that's comic that is comedy that's like our level of comedy <laughs> um yeah, there's the bat joke, and then the manager is like, okay, lol, thanks for your help, now please fuck off kindly. But Fred says, no, I want to stay and understand the big bat. Um, And then yeah. Daphne notices Velma has vanished. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, there's a, there's a scary man pulls down, like, a lever, and then she falls down a trapdoor. Yeah, but Daphne notices Wait, Velma first? has vanished before Velma has vanished. Yes, because I was confused. They were like, where's she gone? And I was like, where... Where's who gone? Yeah. Everyone's here. Like, when we were watching it, it was like Daphne being like, oh my god, Velma's vanished. And it was just like, has she? When did that happen? And then we see it happen afterwards, which, you know, if it's a flashback, I couldn't tell. That's a very, very short flashback. It happens, like, immediately after the thing yeah so like it's just of the manager like dropping her down a trap door mm-hmm. they must have legs of steel i mean they're used to being bashed around by now it's like in the scooby natural episode where um shaggy's like i fell out of plane and i was fine <laughs> they've all got like um shock absorbers for knees <laughs> they really do you know how like the dark knight rises where he's got like nothing in his knees anymore um but then he just works hard and it's fine. Yeah, you can definitely grow that kind of thing back. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done it <laughs> myself. It's fine. Like, once your joints go, if you're not really trying to regrow your joints, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah, so speaking of Batman, the Dark Knight. Yeah, the Dark Knight. Um, uh-huh. They they split into two groups. Um, it's Smug Duo and Scooby and Shaggy and then 
also the three stooges go off on their own because i guess they're like only kind of part of this episode and um shaggy's like should we go into that spooky place i'll flip this coin heads or tails except both sides are heads because he's a because he's like a little trickster now he's like a bit of a a flim flam suddenly yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's it's like why do you even have that coin i maybe he's just gotten really into gambling i get like if the gang's on a road trip maybe they're like hustling people oh my god do you think that's how they get their money (laughs) yeah like (laughs) shaggy's really good at what was it like three card hustle what's it called three card pickup yeah where they have like the cards under the cups or i don't remember that street trick one where people never win you mean like find the lady yes exactly that one he like throws the coin into there and is like if it comes down heads i'll let you live and if it comes down heads i'll kill you um i don't remember the die night um but he (laughs) goes up into the air are you comparing shaggy (laughs) to two-face is that where you're yes. going with this? Yes, that that's where this long analogy has gone. Um, but it goes into the saloon and goes into the piano, which is a self-playing piano, and the piano starts playing itself, and it's not even spooky because it's just a piano. But Scooby Scooby gets really freaked out and just just fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted in the spooky saloon. Like I was wondering what a 1980s quarter is these days because Shaggy seems really bummed that he lost it. Yeah, it'd be 1970s. Sorry, he cared more about the quarter than he did about Velma. Just as an observation, <laughs> he he was ready. He was ready to leave Velma there, but yeah, he was scared to go into the house when he was looking for Velma. But as soon as his coin went missing, he was like straight in there. It's capitalist Shaggy. Yeah, it cuts to. So the three the Stooges three go into Stooges? the Cowboy Museum. Yeah, yeah, they go to a Cowboy Museum that's got like a, a Native American figure outside. Yeah, it's bad. Um, who responds to the bold one, which is Curly? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, at this point, was like, hang on, is this like a guy that they're paying to work at the park and stand there all day? I've written like, are they paying him? What are his rights? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was like, is this his land? I sure hope not. The three stooges go inside and there's like a couple of dummies in the museum and one of them's like a gunslinger and then it starts coming to life. Yeah, it's very spooky. They have some hijinks and they, they say some funny things, but I did not. Yeah, I did, it like, literally went in one ear and out the other for me. I don't care about them. So I was like, okay, another great, another three stooges scene. I'll just, I'll just wait through this, I guess. <laughs> I like when you... Because you've got like a handheld microphone, um, and when you just keep like offering it to Tom as if you're interviewing him, you're like, "So Tom, what's your uh, what's your input in this scene? What do you think, do you think about um, the gunslinger coming to life?" Um, AI isn't real. <laughs> it's just like shit, Westworld. <laughs> Sometimes it might be it better like Westworld, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. everyone. Scooby Doo is better than Westworld. Fight me. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's unequivocally true. Um, I mean, I'm not arguing. Yeah. So <laughs> while this is all happening, Fred and Daphne have gone off into the desert to have a hilarious time <laughs> together. And I have. Oh boy. 
<laughs> I hated this so much. First of all, is it nighttime or is it daytime? Well, they seem to think it's the day, but it doesn't look like it. It's not it's... shaded like it's the day. If I was like coloring a desert scene, it would be yellow and like bright blue, not yeah. like a mur- like a murky purple grays. Yeah. It's the same permadesk. It's the same permadesk that Scooby-Doo always is. And they're like, God, it's so hot in the desert sun. It's like, it doesn't look hot. It looks like it's night in the desert, which is like famously cold. cold. (laughs) They're wandering in. Yeah. There's some some very fun dialogue between Fred and Daphne because Fred's taken the red pill and he's gone on a bit of a... He's gone on a bit of a turn. <laughs> maybe it's because they talk more. There's more time for them to like have horrible conversations. Uh, but he's drinking yeah. from his drinking from his water bottle, and um, he's like, "Wow, the desert sun makes a guy thirsty." And Daphne's like, "Yeah, makes a girl thirsty." No, she says, "Gal makes a gal thirsty." And then she's doing that drink- like passive aggressive, like, "Oh my god, can you just fucking give me the canteen, please? I'm dying of thirst." Mm-hmm. But then there's a guy who's dressed as a cactus who takes the water bottle when he offers it to her and he doesn't notice and then gives it back to him and he's like, oh, it's empty and I thought Darry the Dromedy could store water. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, it's great because she gets genuinely annoyed at him, which I didn't think they really did this early. Yeah, I've written... I think one of them is like, why aren't you laughing? And I, yeah. I've written like, yeah, why are we laughing? Uh-huh. <laughs> the laugh track is doing all the work. Um, it is. It cuts to uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. I've heard who, of them, yes. Yes, they find a secret shaft in a room. Are they still in the saloon? I think they are. I think they fall down a thing in the wall in the saloon. Yeah, because the, they they do something and they sneeze and Scooby falls through the wall down into a shaft. It's a classic Shaggy Scooby bit. Yeah, Shaggy gets spooked and falls after him. There's like another ghost flower gag, which we've had in previous episodes where Shaggy is like covered in flower and Scooby gets freaked out. I told you they're just throwing a dartboard at the, at the thing in the writer's room that's like they get spooked by what is it another member of the gang that is covered in flour <laughs> dust one ash. of these days it's gonna be cocaine and it'll be <laughs> extra scary that's well, the CW show plot <laughs> yeah may- maybe in the new um, mystery incorporated television televisual series that we'll talk about later I'm very excited about that Scooby and Shaggy see some stairs, they start climbing them, the stairs turn into escalators, there's like a monkey arm controlling the escalators, um, which as we all know, escalators have like a um, a button, like a dial on them, and this is every escalator yes. in the world, folks, so you can trust me on this one. They have two <laughs> speeds, they have slow, or they have fast. <laughs> well, as if you want to get up quickly. Yeah, yeah exactly so um one of them will get you up at a normal speed and one of them will propel you up the escalator into the (laughs) roof (laughs) yeah you know it's just normal stuff yeah this is where shaggy's art style changes for a bit (laughs) loses all definition there is these just two dots for eyes and a mouth 
Yeah, and his nose is like a really weird shape. It just wasn't that before. I it's so funny how different it is. Also, the face on the Jack in the Box changes several times each time it comes out. Yeah, they hit a they hit a Jack in the Box on the other side of the escalator, which is the other thing about escalators is that once you get to the top, <laughs> um they have, it's like a mountain and you have to go down the other side, which can be either stairs or it can flatten into a slide. So they go down the slide. And this is on all escalators, as we know. Um, they go down the mm. slide and hit a jack-in-the-box and it spooks them. So, yeah, and it's, yeah. Like a ma- it's like a massive jack-in-the-box. It's like huge. Or, or did Shaggy and Scooby become tiny at some point? I don't know. None of the none of the sizes in this episode really make much sense. <laughs> Everything is scaled really incorrectly. Yeah. Is six for seven. Shaggy and Scooby are <laughs> short kings. We know. We knew that. Um. Yeah. So we cut back to Daphne and Fred having another normal conversation. Um. Oh wait. No. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say before that. It's the. Scooby and Shaggy realize it's the monkey that has been pranking them the entire time and that like 10 minute scene meant literally nothing yeah it's basically just filling time it's like it's like most of the episode is the chase scene in the older episodes except without the fun song and just really long yeah yeah so yeah it's the Fred Daphne (laughs) desert scene okay so do you want to be Fred or do you want to be Daphne um uh, I think um I think I'll be Fred. I okay. think I'll bite the bullet and, and take the red pill and be Fred. Okay. Man, this desert is like a woman. It goes on and on and on. That's not funny, Fred. Hey Daphne, where's your sense of humor? <laughs> I think it must have dried up in the hot sun. Which is a very like even way of responding to that. It's much more even than anything I would have said. Yeah, it's very like Fred's taken the funny hate woman juice. Yeah, he's watched a couple like like early um, stand-up comedy sets where they're like, take my wife, please. It's like the beginning of the funny woman joke. Yeah, and it's like, but the thing is, it's really funny coming out of Fred's mouth because he's like canonically 16. <laughs> So he's like, I mean, you know what women are like, am I right? I'm 16. So do you, Fred Jones. I'm do 16, you, Fred? Fred Jones. I know what women are like. Fred's like, listen, I'm 16. I drive a car. I have two female friends. I know what women be like. <laughs> he knows what women want. And he knows what women are like. And he knows that they go on and on and on. Are you telling me Fred would be on Reddit all day? This Fred would be, yeah. Not Mr. Incorporated Fred, because he's woke. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be on Reddit. He's more like a jock. He's just like really dumb. He's more like a he's like a Seinfeld. Yeah. Or I think or he's like prep. Like doesn't use Reddit because he's like listens to his dad hate women at the country club. Yeah. That feels more like what Fred is to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's like Ivy League school yeah. hate women. He's never heard of Reddit because he's never been on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like walking along um, lost on the desert after that hideous conversation which literally <laughs> made me scream <laughs> I can attest to this Daphne's like oh, I, what I'm more worried about is that we're going to get lost in the middle of the desert and Fred's like yeah. don't worry we can just trace our footprints 
backwards and the cactus man has been following them and uh, brushing away all their footprints but I don't understand how he doesn't leave footprints because he deleted his footprints when he was younger (laughs) it's like deleting your fingerprints but this time you I don't know (laughs) yeah yeah but you'd still leave stump marks you'd like like, crash it because he's in like an inflated cactus suit so he'd be leaving like like a trail he's like this it's like it's the sand people (laughs) (laughs) they walk in single file to hide their numbers except he's just bouncing (laughs) he's just bouncing on like single cacti yeah uh and daphne looks behind her and is like what footprints they must have been stolen by a foot pad fred's like what and she's like where's your sense of humor fred owned Got him. Got him. <laughs> Pranked. Um, Fred is Fred is swiftly tricked by a mirage of a swimming pool and runs into the ground head first. The thing which... is that mirages are just like a shimmer. If you see water, yeah. it's because it looks like a shimmer. It does but this is like a swimming pool complete with like stairs and, and like a, diving a diving board. <laughs> That's just the seventies just dives headfirst onto the ground also all the while Velma's still missing and no one gives a shit yeah they don't mention her like at all in this scene I don't think or I don't remember it I think it's just them Uh, walking through the desert now what are they looking for they're like really deep into the desert there's no way Velma's there they're looking for Velma (laughs) for some reason they're like oh she's she has disappeared and must have walked 10 miles into the desert without us spotting her in this flat arid landscape also by the way they're in texas we finally have a location for this episode for some reason fred's just leading daphne into the desert to die basically yeah (laughs) Uh. he's he's taking her into the desert so that he can show her um his stand-up comedy routine that he's been practicing that's worse than death the only way he can get her alone and make her watch it is if they go into the middle of a desert yeah so though yeah they're walking on and on and on and then they're like okay it's really fucking hot this this sun this heat is <laughs> the sun it's- the sun that we can see <laughs> it's overpowering we have to find some shade um there's not it doesn't look light it looks like they should be using torches and they find like the cactus the guy in the cactus suit who somehow got ahead of them and they like stand next to it for shade even though it is smaller than them and it's nighttime well it's like so they go ah we need some shade but i can't see any trees and there's all these like really big rocks that they could be like sheltering under that are everywhere and then they go oh look a tiny cactus let's shelter under this cactus's shade and there is no shadow it has no shadow they don't have shadows but fred stands next to it and is like ah that's a relief like like, wow that is so much that is so noticeably better (laughs) it's like not to me i don't notice anything the the cactus like moves a bit and they catch wise and they're like, oh, I don't think this is a real cactus after all. And the cactus's eyes open and he's like, ah, I've been made. And starts like running off and they chase the cactus. And then the cactus like, see, this is confusing because he like, whoever's in it. And I don't think we find out. 
gets out of his cactus costume and deflates it and then runs off into the desert and they're like well guess he's disappeared and it's like where to you're in the desert what's he hiding behind he's not he just ran really fast because fred fred's chasing him and like trips on a rock and face plants because he's just completely useless this episode it's he's like actively harming them (laughs) as a leader he's not got any sort of leadership going on here he's just causing trouble to the rest of them yeah he's not actually a leader he's just like blonde (laughs) i mean i I think in truth fred is just a metaphor for misogyny in this episode useless present in leadership leading into more problems just causing pain Mm. yeah the writers of this episode were like we're gonna say something with fred (laughs) it'll be good we're gonna use fred as a stand-in for the concept of patriarchy just as a person Uh, and one day the audience will love it the audience will laugh at every (laughs) laugh it'll be great they'll they'll really love this in 2020 um (laughs) when people are doing a podcast about this in 2020 they will love it i I don't know if the scooby-doo writers thought there would be a world in 2020 to be honest (laughs) well Um, by the end of this episode i'm not sure yeah that they did there's some stuff that happens at the end of this episode that's very wild oh that's such a good point yeah the plot oh my god yeah (laughs) let's get back to the plot um they cut to Velma finally after what feels like an age um and she's like Mm. fallen down into the old mine and she's like I'm in an old mine and then I think it immediately (laughs) the scene moves on to the three stooges again and it's like oh yeah it does okay she's like damn I hate being in this mine um, and then the three sieges are like, ooh, a minecart, let's jump into it. And then they end up down the mine also. Yeah. I don't care about them. Um, I put three stooges, do some humour. Yeah. And then the next scene, somehow the Daphne, Fred, Shaggy and Scooby are all back together. And it's completely unexplained how Daphne and Fred navigated their way out of the desert that they had appeared to have just, walked miles into. They just walked back. They just, they just came, came back. back. Um, we didn't need to see it. Mm-hmm. it's got like mm-hmm. the timing doesn't matter um, and then Fred and Daphne fall down a trapdoor leaving Shaggy and Scooby like cornered by the gunslinger character that yeah, came alive he just, walks, he just walks towards them and goes rah like really unenthusiastically and he says it like every time he said it I wrote it down and he says it like five or six times he just like goes up to them and is like Rah. <laughs> Rah. Rah. <laughs> I mean, he does, he does have a really good walk. He I, does talk I, as well. He says, better leave this place or you'll be sorry. And it's like, at least he's warning them rather than just randomly chasing them like they normally do. Some yeah, communication. Yeah, he's considerate for a gunslinger. Um, it does add the like added threat of, oh, this Scooby-Doo villain has guns. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he got gun. Yeah, I, I just, I, I was thinking that while watching it, are they real guns or are they like, just like f- with firecrackers and they just make the pew pew sound, but actually, because we don't see the gun's impact on anything, so maybe it's just like f- uh, a for show 
like character for the for the theme park. I think I think it's funnier if they're real guns. <laughs> it's just I think it's much funnier if, and I think it makes what Scooby does in this scene a lot more admirable because Scooby like nuts up. <laughs> he does his Scooby Doo never open ape man thing where he's like, I'm just gonna fight him. It's time for me to defend the people that I love and I'm gonna fight this monster hand to hand he's got guns I don't it's fine yeah I'm gonna take him it's like super admirable thanks Gooby although he does nearly get shot and then runs off which I understand I too would run away from um a Westworld character with guns so (laughs) (laughs) or from the idea of Westworld That's basically what this episode kind of is. Do you think that whoever wrote... Wait, isn't Westworld like the the Game of Thrones guys? No, it, well, it, no. Uh, Westworld it was, is based on a comic that is from like ancient also. So it might well, also it was, be from around it this was time. A really old, it was like a really old film in like, I think the 60s or 70s. That was the original Westworld film. Yeah, also that. Maybe this is ribbing off Westworld. I mean, I think they're all just like sort of coming from the same things. Yeah. Okay, actually, yeah, Westworld was 1973, so it was like the year before. Hmm. That's interesting, because there are gunslinger characters in Westworld. I can't believe I was saying Westworld is a bad ripoff of this, when this is actually a good ripoff of Westworld. (laughs) (laughs) This is an improved version of Westworld. Half the runtime, twice the antics. (laughs) How many times can we just rag on Westworld in this episode? <laughs> we should do yeah, that. Yeah, that's more. right. We have a grudge for no reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen like three episodes. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed them, but that's beside the point. <laughs> this is a thing now. Um, so the gunslinger just breaks and like sparks come out his ears and his hands start springing off. I yeah. don't know why. Things seem to just sort of happen at random. Yeah, so he short circuits, which I'm like, I thought that the gunslinger was one of the villains in this show in disguise. He is at the end, but at this point, he is a robot. So they have both <laughs> a robot version and a disguise. Okay. Yes. That's clear to me now. <laughs> um, it's Yeah, so he falls over, and then the smug trio. Velma's... Yeah, because they reunite underground. So the smug trio yeah. are back together, and they are on track to get run over by the Three Stooges. Yeah. Um, Daphne is resigned to death underground like the three stooges crash and they're all like okay how can we find a way out of this underground cabin and Daphne's like um we can't (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna die here (laughs) whoopsie (laughs) Uh, Mo says something like trapped we're not trapped only animals get trapped and I'm like okay is that a joke it's certainly something he said yeah and then the bat they find the bat, uh, ding bat, and it goes mental, and they're like, "Oh, it, we're glowing." Which... <laughs> and for ages, I was like, "Is this never gonna come up again?" And it does at the very end. But I was like, "What? Is it phosphorus again?" <laughs> I am glad it wasn't phosphorus because I think the end plot is really funny and and does it <laughs> does explain this. But there's like, you know, with the like Scooby Doo mysteries where you could kind of feasibly work out the the mystery. And like obviously yes. in this one it's easy to work out who's doing it because there's like two villains and two other characters. But the plot itself is really difficult to understand because there isn't really one. There's just this glowing underground bit and that's it. Yeah. So like the plot at the end, like when they reveal it, it was just batshit. I loved it, but it was like, what? Like the whole point of the Scooby-Doo thing, I think, is that the viewer should be able to have like 
some idea of what the goal is. I think you could put it together. It would you would struggle because there isn't really much of a plot and a lot of things don't really fit together, which means it's hard to solve. But I think <laughs> you could maybe figure some stuff out. You, obviously it's very obvious who the villains are, like because you see them doing it. Um, yeah. I mean, I was convinced the zookeeper was a good a good person until I realized that in fact they weren't and I was I messed up and got confused because they didn't have their eyelashes <laughs> I, I'm sorry that the animation let you down in this way I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive Scooby-Doo for not having good <laughs> animation <laughs> we, have to, we must forgive them every day it's part of our um, podcast duty <laughs> yeah so um Velma sneezes because the bat is like releasing a bunch of dust um, and when she sneezes there's a cave in um, and then they're all stuck and they're like okay mm-hmm. we have to get out and then suddenly a bunch of tools appear like they suddenly have a pickaxe and a wheelbarrow and like a shovel yeah that have and, just um, appeared so I'm like okay well yeah. you could get out maybe well yeah um, it cuts to Scooby and he's down a well and I don't remember how but he's in a well I don't remember how either I'm not sure it like there's a whole scene with him and Shaggy falling into this well over and over again but it doesn't really <laughs> mean anything no it's just a well they're like let's have some well hijinks they're like oh my god okay we have about 15 minutes left of this episode to fill and we don't know how to do it so let's just put some of the characters in a well for some reason yeah they're like okay let's shove Scooby and Shaggy down a well that happens all the time so it's fine <laughs> um, and meanwhile the three stooges are just like they've got all the mining equipment and they're trying to like get through the rubble and the smug trio are just bobbing <laughs> they're yeah, just they're like, like bobbing in time to it <laughs> they're like dancing I liked this <laughs> you can help them and then they're like oh this is useless we're never gonna get out um guess we're stuck here but they find a vent and they're like we'll yell through the vent and um it's Velma's idea she's like look a vent we can yell through it and Fred's like there's a bright mind and I was like ah Fred's realized women can be intelligent (laughs) (laughs) oh no he knows or maybe he knows that they can be intelligent he just doesn't like to hear it okay he just thinks women should be quiet so yeah they like scream up the air vent for Shaggy and Scooby to help them Shaggy and Scooby have finished messing around with the well so they're like okay <laughs> they're like we were in a, we were in a well but we will help you now yeah um Mr. Rhino and Mr. Crunch which are the names of the zookeeper and the manager in case you've forgotten which I had at this point their silhouettes are sat in a like hut and Scooby opens yeah. the door like can you help and they're just like dummies and I was like oh yeah. it's them yeah because they, they saw it earlier and they were like oh they're just doing nothing while we look for Velma and it's like those are very obvious silhouettes that aren't moving they're definitely like dummies or cutouts or something mm. um, and they were and for some reason they're like okay Shaggy and Scooby time for fun hijinks try and figure out how to help Velma and the rest of the gang and so Scooby like puts on a hat over his head and it's like it's my thinking hat and then Shaggy's like monologuing about 
like he's like, ah, oh, the great Scooby. Look as he as he sort of formulates things in his mind as all the gears turn, and he comes up with the great plan, and then he like falls asleep. I really liked this. I liked Shaggy being like, just look at him. He's been that way for ten minutes, just thinking, and then Scooby's <laughs> just asleep. I thought that was quite funny, actually. That's like genuinely made me laugh. It's very JoJo narrator. Yeah, which is maybe why it made me laugh. It's the only <laughs> time that happened this episode because of a joke that they told. <laughs> well, then they do it again because um, he's like, oh, watch Scooby go as he tries to dig through the earth to save our friends. And then he gets tired and he has a bone. And he's like, I got a bone. And, sh- <laughs> and Shaggy goes, Scooby, we have to find Velma. And I'm like, just Velma? <laughs> Yeah, see, this is what I mean by reshoots. I think <laughs> this is like it was feels like a scene in the episode. That, yeah, it feels like a scene that was meant to be way earlier in this particular episode, and then due to like they just didn't put it there, or something in the editing room got messed up. So I'm, I mean, we'll never know. Actually, the the bad kind of scene organization is because if you play it backwards. Uh, it tells you uh, the instructions to a ritual to summon uh, the Mystery Incorporated gang into the real world and they're all um, animated like Scrappy-Doo in the um, <laughs> in the movie. Okay, we've got to do that. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that so much. I mean, it would be horrifying, but I would love it. <laughs> so they get the gang out eventually? Yeah. Yeah, they like. They come what they do and... is, they get the T Rex, um, and they they start using it as like a digger, and it like goes and it digs up a bunch of ground, and then it like pulls the Three Stooges out with its big mouth, um, and then the Smoke Trio are like, don't worry, we can get out on our own. Please don't grab us with the big dinosaur, um, and then they're just out, and this whole plot line was just so incredibly pointless. Yeah, it didn't really achieve anything. I guess they had the glowing stuff underground, but that could have been achieved by just Velma falling down into the mine and observing that. Um, yeah. And this episode could have been shorter, but anyway. <laughs> um, gangs freeze back together. Um, Scooby does deserve all the credit for this. And then they see the giant bat again. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like the Batmobile, which confused me because I know that Batman and Robin are also in one of the new Scooby-Doo movies and I checked and I know it's not this one but I was like that's their car Hmm. they only had money for one animator so they had them animate the Batmobile once and they're going to use it multiple times that's my bet (laughs) (laughs) and they haven't got enough graphics so yeah they see the giant bat driving past and it's got like the villains in it sorry I'm just reading the Scooby Wiki article about this episode and there's just this bit that says inconsistencies, continuity errors and or goofs slash oddities and it's really long. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) One of them just says Fred makes an amusing but also sexist joke. That's not a continuity error. I don't think it was that amusing either. Though it's put sexist in quotation marks as well, which is very funny. It really betrays the feelings of the guy who wrote that sentence down. Uh-huh. Like, you PC says- liberals would say that this joke, calling women <laughs> droning on sexist, but me, red-filled brain man, 
I think it's just funny. The disguises the villains wear aren't unmasked and they're treated as if they're not even wearing one. Literally. It's... I, <laughs> <laughs> like, because I've written down, like, okay, yeah, they see the bat car and the villains are driving it, but I could not, for the life of me, tell you if they were in costume or not. And I think it's both. <laughs> well, because... Wait, where, where did we get to? So which bit are we at? So the gang's free from the ground and all back together. Yeah. And then they see the back car drive out of like a building. Yeah. And then Scooby and Shaggy use Tyrone the T-Rex um, to basically, it roller skates around and does some hijinks and then eats a bunch of sand and drops rocks on the Batmobile, um, thus making it fall to the floor. And they're all like, woohoo, we, we got it. We, they did, we did it, it, I guess. Um, there's yeah. some stuff with like projections. Yes. Okay, the three stooges find a projector in the wall of the hut, maybe. Yeah. And they play it and it's like it plays this like spooky Native American man. Hmm. Interesting. Um and also like thunder and lightning, and they're like, it was not but a projection. Um playing playing spooky scenes it was like projecting them onto the desert night and i'm like you can't just project into the night and have people see things with your <laughs> tiny projector the night is the same thing as a black wall mm-hmm. um, and it's funny to me in this episode that they're differentiating between the desert night and the hot desert day because <laughs> what when, when, when does that happen when does the day change it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't. they they can sense the night like the nighttime daytime change because they're used to it you know there's like micro micro differences in like the light quality but we as outsiders can't understand yeah because we're not part of the like nuclear permadust that they experience yeah. <laughs> oh explain something about the ending then yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is interesting. Okay, so... Ooh, it's their they, time. Yeah, so they they catch them using some rocks and they find the secret projector and they were like, oh, it was the gunslinger and the Native American, a.k.a. Crunch and Rhino. This is the point cereal. in the episode where I learned their names. <laughs> At the end, I was like, oh, Crunch and Rhino. It just cuts to them being, like, imprisoned. Um, and they say those darn kids spoiled everything um, which isn't you meddling kids which we still haven't consistently had yet we've only had it like once yeah it's a it's a, a fallacy it's the um. wait what's the Mandela effect I'm thinking of the Bernstein bears isn't that just the Mandela effect I thought that was the Mandela effect I think so I don't even think this qualifies as the Mandela effect I think I'm just spitballing yeah maybe Yes. Yeah, so why why <laughs> so why were they trying to scare people away from the ghost town Lucy well you see Crunch had discovered vast quantities of uranium in the mines <laughs> under the park <laughs> and wanted to drive people away because as Fred points out you can only sell uranium to the government <laughs> so Crunch with the help of Rhino was scaring people away from the park so he could sneak it out over the border presumably to sell in Mexico for some reason 
and they use the dinosaur making noise and like all the weird stuff in the park to mask the sounds of the uranium mining <laughs> yeah because they're like exploding the mine so they can like get the uranium and they've been putting all projectors so that people don't realize what's going on which i think you still would i'm just saying that i think you would still realize that someone's mining below you i um, mean ad- additionally if it's just crunch and rhino like how are they mining it so fast enormous task forces like the number of people who are employed in a mine is huge you can't mine with two people they don't have high-tech equipment they've just got like picks and if they're mining uranium wouldn't you wouldn't you need like some sort of protective equipment i'm just spitballing here i'm not sure how i genuinely don't know how reactive uranium is when you mine it uranium yeah yeah because it's not been like refined and even no. then, I don't know how much that would affect you. I don't really know anything. It, it, from what I remember, it should still be radioactive, though not nearly as like it's not, um, like it's reactor not- kind of producing vast vast amounts of energy. Reactive, but it's definitely like radioactive, as in it will fuck you up. So yeah, there you so go. The, the reading- gang has been exposed to lots and lots of radioactive material. They were yeah, in a so cave covered it, in it. It causes ionizing radiation. Um, although it, causes, it causes more risk as a toxic substance. And it gives off like radium as well. There's normally radium in the same place. This this might explain why everyone was forgetting about Velma. is because all the brain waves <laughs> were getting messed up by the uranium. But if we're considering that they were literally glowing, then we have to assume that it's giving off radiation. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cuz light as in glow is just energy which would be in this in this circumstance radioactive energy. That that bat is like That bat is dying. Yeah, th- that bat is dead. The, the, it's it's a corpse being kept together by radioactive energy. Well, that's the thing cuz they were like, "Oh, well the bat hates uranium. It's like yeah. a, it's like a canary but for uranium caves." Yeah, it messes up. It's like it's like radar stuff or something. You you know that famous saying, a bat in a uranium mine. <laughs> yeah. Once the bat stops singing, <laughs> trouble. Luckily, luckily the sheriff who's come to arrest them, he uh, he gives Shaggy a small bag of uranium for him to keep as a souvenir. Is it, and can can I make the observation? Is it just me or I have the vivid memory of like that guy's face right the the sheriff the way the sheriff is drawn is my memory of all scooby-doo villains yeah he looks like one it's like the way he's drawn is just like a bit lumpy yeah it's got like that sort of scooby-doo man face when it's like like a bank owner or like that sort of person like yeah like a villain out of disguise yeah but the so the small bag of uranium that Shaggy has now it has a dollar sign on it. I don't know if because the if the implication is that Shaggy is going to sell it to the government for cash. He's just going to keep it as a souvenir. They're he's making gonna, a bomb. He's going to smuggle it down to Mexico. Or the reason it has a money sign on it is because in the original version of this episode, there was some other sort of money thing going on that wasn't uranium. And this was originally just a bag of money. You could be right. Because if, for instance, they were mining gold, 
that would make sense like i i mean it's obviously still not accurate to take lumps of gold away in like a sack with a dollar sign on it but at least it more <laughs> translates to like currency than fucking yeah. uranium <laughs> it's just so funny because i don't know uranium it's just such a baffling story choice which does maybe just betray the fact that it is such a 70s cartoon that they're still like cold war threat is like very much in the public consciousness and it's like past at this point right no no cold war is so like this is this is cuban missile crisis kind of time period like this is this is full swing cold war this is every everyone's gonna die um so there you go um actually shaggy shaggy is a a secret russian operative i mean Um, the missile crisis was like the 60s so it's it's a bit later yeah but it's still it is still going on so the question of like what happens to the villains when the police arrest them which for the most part i can't imagine as much because it's literally the crime of dressing up in a suit and scaring people a bit um I feel like in this situation, the US government is going to be like, oh, this is treason. Yeah. <laughs> and then these like, guys, they go to Rhino and Crunch, are going to be electrocuted. <laughs> when they be like, I don't know, like firing squad or something. <laughs> I mean, in some states you can pick. I think in most states you can pick. If I'm not sure. In the 70s? I don't, be- I don't believe that there were firing squads in the 70s i think they were already just doing uh lethal injection in a chair some places still do firing squad in do gas chamber in the states yeah 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 florida i think is the only state to still have all five methods which is like the chair injection hanging firing squad or gas i'm glad i can choose (laughs) Okay, so there's so there's three. There's Can three I do states all? that still do firing squad: Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Utah. But what's what does Texas do? What did Texas do in the seventies? <laughs> Texas uh, execution. Okay. I want all of them. I I want all of them at the same time and see what kills me first. Anyways. <laughs> so Texas primarily does lethal injection um, but I think hanging is still legal oh cool yeah such a fun country um, what a normal <laughs> place <laughs> if Scooby Doo has taught us one thing is that uh, the, ev- the real evil villains are the people around us <laughs> don't trust <laughs> anyone true. Well, Scooby-Doo is that evil is primarily caused by capital, which, you know. Which is true. <laughs> like, literally, money is the root of all evil. And in some cases, uranium. <laughs> uranium? Okay, so who are they selling it to? If it's the... When was the Cuban Missile Crisis? Are they selling it to Cuba? They're taking it past the border, but I don't know if that... Well, Cuba's an island, so, like... This is post-missile <laughs> crisis right so then i don't know it's just like are they selling it to the soviets i mean i i, I know at some point brazil and argentina were having uh, a, a, a nuclear standoff not kidding they, they were having a nuclear arms race anyways there you go it could be south africa 
good old apartheid South Africa. I can see him needing it to get past the border for Brazil and Argentina, but for South Africa, surely he could just like. Yeah, but he might be, he plane. might just be he might just be getting it across the border so he can then sell it like across seas, you know. Oh, that's true. He also, just, it's harder in the US. We're trusting this is the the Mexican border, but maybe it's a state border, or maybe they're selling it to Canada, and everyone I mean, knows nothing good Texas. happens in Canada. <laughs> but it's in Texas. <laughs> My point stands. <laughs> nothing good happens in Canada. Right, but um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So basically, the end of the episode happens. They're eating a big sandwich. The bat goes mental because the uranium's near it. Um, Velma says the classic Scooby Doo line: "Poor Shaggy, his bag of uranium fouled up Dingbat's radar." Which what a good I catchphrase! Want, I want to see in a manual. <laughs> 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 I want that on a poster. Um, <laughs> They they eat the giant sandwich and then the episode just it just ends. There's no like Three Stooges wrap up really. Three Stooges aren't really even characters in this. They're just there. I don't care for them. I mean that might be because I wasn't paying attention when they were like on on screen. But well, they have very little interaction with the gang really at all. That's true. <laughs> for what, like a forty five minute thing. It's a much longer episode than it needs to be. Yeah. So much of it is just chase scenes. So what is your like opinion on this episode? I don't think it was good. I thought it was a bad episode. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> bad. 100% bad. This I I my memories of Scooby Doo have been utterly shattered. And and I I I I know I I know I had to prepare myself for this cuz I, I I'm an avid listener of your podcast and I knew I had to prepare myself for just all my hopes and dreams being shattered from childhood, but damn. But I'd say with the Scooby Doo Where Are You episodes that we've covered, there is like a charm to them, even when they like the animation is bad and the dialogue is dumb. There's still like a fun sort of charm. Whereas this was almost like completely charmless. This was just like horrible to watch 100% this is just like it went on so long there was that really off colour joke from Fred that was like okay (laughs) that's a weird thing to make a child say I (laughs) (laughs) who was the writer on this one who was just like I just I need some I have some thoughts that I need to get out he just had a Um, fight with his wife he was like oh I fucking fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna show her (laughs) I'm loving this consistency I'm, I'm gonna s- fix my marriage by writing a line in a child's cartoon yeah. about how women speak too much god damn it okay so one of the inconsistencies is as Fred and Daphne are walking in the desert only Daphne is leaving footprints so is she actually with Fred or is she hallucinating Fred walking with her maybe Fred was a mirage <laughs> Fred was the mirage all along this is how she sees Fred <laughs> <laughs> she 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 sees Fred as a guy who will drink all of the water without giving a single thought to her. She sees Fred as a guy who will make sexist comments at her, and she sees Fred as a guy who will willingly jump headfirst into the dirt. <laughs> She's not wrong. 
<laughs> no, she's correct, but like, what a window into her psyche. <laughs> yeah, so knowing what we know about the nuclear stuff in this episode, we've got all this uranium. My theory is that this is the nuclear winter that we've been talking about, but it's ongoing and there's still conflicts and that's why uranium is like such a big plot point. I think that's entirely true. I think this episode has just confirmed our beliefs. Yeah. Which I think is extremely exciting. It's good. To, it's nice to have proof of a theory. It's good to be like <laughs> confirmed and be like, I knew my brain was massive, but now I really know. Yeah, I feel like the next thing we have to do is make a YouTube video where it's like top five things, crazy things you didn't notice about the old Scooby-Doo series. And then like the thumbnail is like a picture of Fred looking kind of weird. And then there's also a barrel of uranium in the picture with a big red circle around it. (laughs) And you got to get the mushroom cloud in. Yeah, yeah, 100%, definitely. No, it needs to have like one of us going... And it's like, is Scooby-Doo actually about the Cold War? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah, It would rack up so many views as the thing. It would just be the most trash. Everyone would be like, ah, look at this. this Look at this YouTube video I'm going to click on, even though I know it's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. You ever see see those videos where you're like, I don't want to watch it, but I'm going to watch it. And it's like... The Miss Mojo the intele- top tens, yes. Yeah, and it's like the intellectual equivalent of just chewing sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quarantine is definitely that time. I think. <laughs> I have quite a lot, a lot to talk about in fan fiction corner, and we have a question as well from the audience. Yeah, we're we're running long. Um, we're running long, so we should probably move on. Um, yeah, fan fiction corner. So, as we all know, usually I troll like Wattpad or AO3 or fanfiction.net for these kinds of things. But recently, um, as we all know, the Scoob film got pushed back to September because of uh, reasons to, you know, normal reasons. Um, it's because they didn't have Frank Welker as Fred and yeah. God, God saw fit to punish them. Yeah, and that's the only reason. So, um, but there was a tweet I saw that was like, "Don't worry, the novelization of the movie is still coming out today on the original film's release." And I was like, "Okay, great. Oh. I'll I'll see if I can get that on the Kindle." Um, which like bad, I know, but <laughs> so I went to try and find it on the Kindle store, um, and you can't get it on like as an ebook. It doesn't exist. You can pay. $13 for a hard copy but I don't, I'm on furlough pay at the moment so I'm not going to do that Sounds <laughs> like what like £10? Yeah but it's like a child's novelization. I mean maybe okay. I will but again I'm on furlough <laughs> No I understand <laughs> um, So what I did find because I typed scoop into the, into the like Kindle store with the exclamation point and nothing came up and I was like okay maybe it's under a different name so I just typed Scooby Doo and oh my god there is so much self-published Scooby Doo stuff speaking of copyright law yeah 100% I have no idea how like some of this I mean one of the ones I'm going to talk about like badly avoids it but um so there were a couple I have like a list of some of the stuff that I found like all the comics are on there which made the like 500 results because the comics were all in there individually but yeah so here are some of the things that I found that you can buy on the Kindle 
<laughs> One of them is called Mama Cass's Golden Caramel Bar, an examination of a single episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies by David McPherson. It's 88 pages long. I did not buy it. That's not one of the ones I read because it costs like two fifty, which is, you know, I probably will still buy it. But also I wanted to wait till we got to that episode before I read yeah, it. Yeah, that, that, sound, that sounds fair. Are you going to read the entire 88 pages? I think I'm going to have to. That's just research. Okay. I read like a sig- like some of these were over 100. Then I did read them. So the next one is um, What I Learned from Watching Scooby-Doo by Laurie Schaefer. And I was like... And it's like a personal essay. I was like, okay, interesting. Next one was <laughs> Blood, Sex, and Scooby Snacks by Ian Watson, which is like... Nope. Yeah, I know. I think it's like film an- analysis of like slasher f- films, but um, with like Scooby-Doo's framework as a critical framework. But it looks pretty poorly written. And one of the reviews was like, I bought this as a joke. It wasn't very funny. <laughs> So I didn't get it's that just one. academic writing. Yeah. Um, the next one was Your Humbug Flubigoo by Shadel Leafgen. And I did get that one. And I will talk about it. Um, and it's basically a parody question mark of Scooby-Doo set in Charles Dickens's um, A Christmas Carol. Then there was Words Reveal What Masks Conceal by Laurie Schaefer, who appeared earlier in this list. And this one costs the same as the other one, but this one includes the other one. Okay. Yeah. So it's a better deal. Yeah, so I got that one. <laughs> so it was 99p. Um, <laughs> it wasn't worth it, but we'll get into that. <laughs> hey, it's only 99 cents. And then the last one that I want to mention, I didn't get this one was the um, Anna and Barbara comic mm. like Hanna Barbera but Anna and Barbera um, okay. it's strictly over 18 basically oh, no. Anna and Barbara are Daphne and Velma basically they're named differently for copyright purposes but there are three of these books they are all erotic comics of Daphne and Velma two of which are set at Centrinians <laughs> I'm so grateful <laughs> They cost more than I was willing to pay. <laughs> okay, so the first the first one I bought was the Words Reveal What Masks Conceal, What I Learned from Watching Scooby-Doo. was 99p. It's by Laurie Schaefer. Yeah, she's basically just done like an analysis of it. Um, she mistakenly says that there are newer and less charming versions of the classic show, which is untrue because the newer versions, I think, are better. Um, she says Scooby-Doo yeah. was not about a gang of teenagers and a talking dog, not about mysteries. It's about the triumph of reason over superstition and that there is a rational explanation for everything. I don't think that's true. Yeah, me neither. Right? <laughs> there's, there's no explanation for anything. Um, she kind of categorizes the gang into like their roles. So she calls Fred and Velma like... She basically calls them rational skeptics. Okay. Um, she calls Shaggy and Scooby superstitious sillies seems kind of rude yeah and she calls Daphne like the centrist between the two do you agree? <laughs> Daphne centrist <laughs> um, I think Daphne never really expresses an opinion either way as to whether things are real or not so I guess that's kind of true but I would put Fred in that same category yeah same 
she says, obviously, Shaggy and Scooby are our favorites, which I disagree. Um, <laughs> she says that Fred makes cleverly designed traps, which also wrong. <laughs> they um, don't work. They never work. That's the point. She's... So they're like... The whole like sort of thesis of her essay is they're like, it's about the masks we wear. Um, and one of the points she makes is Scooby-Doo is about the mystery of human behavior, of what truly transpires on the other side of the mask that all of us wear um, she says that's what makes Scooby-Doo the ultimate symbol of my generation it's why we think the way we do we champion proof and science and why we've discarded spooks and angels oh no her generation <laughs> I, it's very multi-generational um, is, she an, is she an okay boomer by any chance I don't know how old she is but given her other works I think she might be and this, mm-hmm. I did some author research because I was like, it's weird that she self-published this essay on Scooby-Doo for <laughs> 99p weird, yeah. to buy online. So I checked out her other stuff. So, by the way, half of this book that I bought is ads for her other work, so I didn't have to do much research and take a lot of looking. Um, half the book was links to where you could buy her other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say, Laurie, I respect the graft, if you're listening. <laughs> I hope she is listening. I hope she follows us. Should I tag her on Twitter? Please do. Um, I am like so baffled by how prolific this woman is, and like how much range her repertoire seems to cover. So she has like five non-fiction mem and like memoir books. One of which is about how you probably don't have arthritis; you have iron deficiency anemia. Oh no! <laughs> That's one of her books. Um, she also has one about cash flow strategies for small businesses. So she she's a person with many talents and interests, I see. Yeah, and they continue. There are short stories and essays which include a critical analysis of Rudolph and a story about a squirrel revolution. Okay, the squirrel revolution sounds interesting. Yeah, I kind about, of. Like the Rudolph analysis. Mm. And um, finally, she has also authored eight erotic novels and short stories I don't see why you'd need any Rudolph analysis beyond that Tumblr post which is like divergence from the norm will be punished unless it's exploitable yeah that's the only lesson I could could get from Rudolph Um, yeah so erotic novels what (laughs) she's just written eight I didn't look further into that I was like I'm not going to buy these I have no idea we can we can look into it after the episode I didn't look them up I was like oh that's cool because when I was writing my notes I was like this has already taken up like two three pages I have to skip the book ends with the with a quote in all caps which seemingly has nothing to do with maybe it does have something to do with Scooby Doo stuff so it ends with a quote in all caps after all the ads we are all Miss America what? yeah I know <laughs> So that was confusing, and I read that, and I paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I read, I w- I wish I hadn't. <laughs> so this one was the "You're a Humbug, Flooby Goo" by Shadel Leifchen. Leifchen. This is also ninety nine p, which, in my opinion, was way too much. Um. The first thing I noticed about this book is that it has illustrations and at first I thought they were kind of cute and to be honest they kind of remained cute it's just the subject that I was bad mm. um, so this author has like 
done an abridged version of A Christmas Carol with the Scooby gang in it um, and they have abridged the names of all the characters in it even though I'm pretty sure A Christmas Carol is out of copyright and that's the one bit you could have kept yeah um, so there's like Ebenezer Splooge Bob Barley <laughs> Chris. Um, um, oh yeah there's like a Bob whole Barley. thing about um, Splooge and Barley being gay together uh yeah i've read some of that before <laughs> just <laughs> um, just in my spare time out of interest you're just reading christmas carol fan fictions about ebenezer scrooge and bob marley yeah no i have <laughs> <laughs> that's good okay um listen i i watched the bbc one and i was like is this where this is going um and it wasn't but it just felt implied by the first episode i haven't watched it but i will take your word for that um, probably reflects I wouldn't watch it. This. It's it's full of needless sexual violence. Don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> um, Tiny Jim is in this story. He's riddled with polio. There's like a large knocker joke. Oh, that's pretty good. It's I started this like oh I th- I think this is well written. Some of the lines are quite funny, like splooge tops. I get it. Like teehee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that changed pretty quickly when the Scooby-Doo gang arrived. They're called the Enigmas Team 5. So, kind of like the Mystery 5 original name for them. Yeah. Um, Splu just called them to sort out his haunting issue. Um, there is Scraggy, Fleddy, Zalma, Zafni, and... These aren't names. No. And Flooby. Zafni. What is that? I know. I mean, it's it's sort of like lazy parody. Um, the writing fluctuates dramatically. This is the point where it's like, oh, I kind of hate this because Daphne is like high on coke and everything that is written about her in this is not funny and it is quite like <laughs> gross. I don't know. Yeah. I want to like it and I just can't. It's like this is very like 12 year old humor but like the kind of 12 year old who hangs out on 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've written Pokemon and I can't remember why. Flubigoo comes out, Scrooge immediately tries to gun him. I don't know why I've written gun him. He tries Scrooge tries to shoot Scooby Doo. Tries to gun him with the gun. Yeah. Scraggy says boinks. In this episode sorry, just you said that. In this episode did any of them say their catchphrases at all? I don't think so. I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it either. Interesting. Hmm. So Scraggy says boinks. <laughs> um, boinks. And he also says, boinks, thank goodness you. we all started packing heat last year. <laughs> um, wow. They're all strapped. This is- Velma yeah. then implies that they simply shoot the ghosts when they get chased. Okay, so it's Scooby Natural. Yeah. I am awake. <laughs> I am awake. I'm listening. Yeah, I, I, noticed, I noticed Tom just like sinking. So I've written down their catchphrases. Yeah, no, the author also says that Daphne is only useful when she's on ecstasy, which leads me to believe that the author has never done it before because I've never met somebody who was on ecstasy who was, like, capable of really doing anything other than, like, enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Daphne says binkies. Binkies? Belma says beepers. Okay. Fleddy also says beepers. Mm, Zafni says boinks. Who the fuck is Jib Jab? 
Oh, no. <laughs> Belma Belma says jib jab. Okay, that's um, just nothing. So they, they go back in time to like the ghosts of Christmas past. And whilst they're there, Velma gets like caught up doing insider trading. Like we knew she would. It was inevitable. Yeah. She's like, Oh, I can tell my younger self how the stock market will work and win millions of pounds and she's so caught up doing that that they leave her in the past oh shit yeah <laughs> Fluby Goo says Roque rumour which leads me to believe this is written pretty recently yeah that's a pretty strong hint god fucking damn it <laughs> Roque rumour um, I can't remember if this made me laugh or not um, yeah so there's <laughs> the, the standards for the Cratchit family can't use their radiator due to recent government imposed restrictions designed to reduce climate change by specifically targeting the emissions of poor people which did make me laugh that's pretty accurate (laughs) actually biting political commentary if only this wasn't so weird about daphne um Mm -hmm. that's like the middle ghost (laughs) it's not very like cohesive the last ghost is the ghost of belma they're trying to like trick scrooge and they were paid by cratchit and and like they were trying to trick him into thinking he was being haunted, but he wasn't. They were just tricking him so that he would give his relatives money. Okay. Um, yeah, from what I can tell, the guy who wrote it also writes superhero books for Kindle self-publishing. I don't know how to feel about this one, other than I wish I hadn't spent 99p on it. I mean, what else is there to spend money on? Yeah, that's true. I did have a funny idea, actually. Um which is that I noticed that on Steam for the vastly overpriced cost of £15 I could get Scooby-Doo and Looney Tunes Cartoon Universe Adventure Oh my god, is it Um, like Smash but for Warner Brothers? I can't tell what it is It looks like a puzzle game but it says it's solved the mystery of Kraken Cove with Scooby Shaggy and the rest of the Mystery Machine Gang, which is very funny that they're called the Mystery Machine Gang Um (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's like off brand from the machine yeah um or help bugs and daffy discover who is behind the dastardly defective moke me products that are creating chaos okay so it's two different games they're not working um, together it's like two games um and it has mixed reviews which i'm very excited hmm. about so i was thinking i might like play it and then stream it at i some think point. that would be really really good i think you should do that i think that would be funny and then you can get on my recording and we could stream it together. That sounds perfect. Thumbs up from Tom. Love you, Tom. Sup, Charlotte. Sorry, I'm just very, very, very sleepy. So thank you for telling me about those novels. I'm so glad there are people out there making money from copyrighted Scooby-Doo content. It's good. Even if what they write isn't isn't good, I think it's that's praxis it's that out there that is praxis <laughs> yeah exactly and you know i don't believe in copyright law so it's good to me <laughs> yep if if that's everything we should do you want to wrap up yeah i think we i think we should we've gone on very long today we're almost, we're almost at two hours um yeah so up next week or next time when we do it when we do it next time it is the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair, which is Batman and Robin help the gang solve a mystery. That I am excited for. I at least know who they are. 
Yeah, and they're a bit more dynamic than the Three Stooges. I don't know if they solve mysteries, but they're more likely to solve a mystery than the Three Stooges are to solve a mystery. I mean, I don't think the Three Stooges... Three Stooges? Three Stooges solved this mystery. Well, no, exactly. They were just there. Whereas I feel like Batman and Robin can at least, like, I don't know, fight people or something. Solve riddles by the Riddler. It's like a crossover, but it's with Dark Knight Batman, and he's like... I hate killing. And then he like runs his Batmobile into the villain. <laughs> as if that won't kill him. He's like, he's like, I hate death, but I'm going to throw you off this building and you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm it's fine, he didn't shoot him. That would be wrong. <laughs> Shooting people is wrong, but throwing them off things or like exploding things is absolutely fine and no one ever gets hit. Mm-hmm. You can just slam somebody into like concrete at 50 miles an hour and they'll be good. <laughs> It's fine. I don't know if like Ben Affleck Batman is like that, but I, I haven't watched it. I don't plan to. Who knows? No, I, I haven't seen any of them. I don't care enough. Um, I don't really care about superheroes. Sorry. I know we're just dropping, we're dropping audience through this episode. We've lost all our Reddit fans. We've lost all our Westworld fans. We've lost all the Dark Knight fans. We've lost all the Batman v Superman fans. So we're just cutting I mean, them down. Like- to quote the catering show like oh no come back guys we really miss you (laughs) that is true that is true it's fine i'm sorry guys but not that sorry (laughs) i'm not sorry tom isn't sorry uh mvp um scooby um because he squared up to the gunslinger yeah, he also controlled the um, T-Rex to do all the rest of the stuff that happened at the end so basically he did everything yeah yeah so definitely Scooby yeah <laughs> do you wanna oh do you wanna answer the question that we got from Crazy yeah so if if you want us to answer a, a fun question on the podcast just send it to our Twitter at Fred Says Fuck One um <laughs> And we'll probably just answer it. I don't imagine we'll get that many. Uh, so the question we got was, what would be the storyline for Scooby-Doo social distance mystery? Hmm. So I have to assume it takes place in the modern era. Yeah. I mean, it would be like the traditional Scooby-Doo. It is the modern era, but also it's not. Wait, wait. It's it's the... It's that film, the the one where they're all on a uh, on a Skype call, and if they leave the Skype call, they get murdered. Oh my god, it's unfriended. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh my god. It's Scooby Doo unfriended. <laughs> if if you leave the call, Scooby comes and bites your face off. <laughs> That's okay. So the the plot of the movie Unfriended is like a group of people are on a Skype call, and they all sort of cyber bullied their friend. One of them cyber bullied their friend to death like a year ago and that friend's ghost is back and has joined their skype call and is killing them one by one um and it's really funny but (laughs) it's not meant to be funny but it's funny so maybe it's like that maybe it's like they're all in like a zoom meeting and then occasionally captain cutler will show up in the background and hack one of them to death and velma is the last one left and she has to figure out i don't know which one of them cyber bullied captain cutler to death or it could be like they're all quarantined together but they're still <gasps> yeah. like traveling and so maybe they're quarantined together and then something else starts like haunting them and they're like is there a ghost we can't call anyone because no one's around uh, we can't really leave because of a social distancing and then there's like 
someone who's trying to scare them away to like get them caught by the police or something uh, wants to get them into trouble for breaking quarantine but also when the ghost chases them whenever it gets within like six feet of them it just stops (laughs) (laughs) the ghost respects social distancing yeah it's like it's still worried about like catching something so it's chasing them and it's scary but then it just like slows down if they stop yeah and that makes sense because then it's clear that it's not a ghost because otherwise a ghost wouldn't care Velma's like well why would a ghost respect social distancing and it's like, a clue mm-hmm. I like that I think that's correct <laughs> I think that's good the ghost is after them because it didn't see them come out for the clap yeah yeah the ghost is like punishing them for not clapping correctly for the NHS the ghost is just like the head of the neighborhood watch in disguise it's just like a cop ghost (laughs) I think that's good I think that's a good plot as we edge on the two hour mark I will say thank you for listening and we'll be back soon if I can make Lucy podcast with me again It's easier now I don't have the theme song to make. We can do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. And stay groovy. Stay groovy. Stay funky. Stay saucy.